Hello, and welcome to Superhuman Samurai Cyberpod. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm David, and we have a returning guest. Mock Dent at your service. Hello. Yeah. Now, for anybody who uh, may be new to the show or uh, has uh, suffered a, a Fred Flintstone-esque blow to the head and now believes that they're actually an international race car driver, uh, could you tell us a little about yourself? Oh, I hate when that happens. That was a deep cut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is appropriate. Good Holy job. Hell. Just applause on that one. Dear Lord. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, for those who don't know me, um, yeah, uh, basically Japanese pop culture drifter since 1980X. Um, so basically, uh, I've been in, in the pages of Otaki USA magazine. I was one of the co-founders of the Tokusatsu Network. Um, I'm a voice actor. I've been the uh, video game Risk System. I was also in Power Rangers Unworthy. Um, I'm kind of all over the place. And, uh, yeah, and I'm the founder of the project known as Vintage Henshin, which you can find on the Twitters at, literally, at Vintage Henshin. Go check us out with their articles and stuff. Ooh. Yay, the Twitters. Oh, Twitter. And, of course, <laughs> and of course on this podcast, we, uh, we go episode by episode through SSSS Gridman, the strongly Transformers-influenced uh, latest installment well, not latest installment, but kind of spin-off-y thing from the Ultraman franchise. Yes, right. a, a revival of an old tokusatsu series from the 90s, uh, translated into American as Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Because alliteration is amazing, you guys. It's, it's so starring Joey Lawrence's brother and Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> yes! A spared no expense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and yeah. Uh, today we are looking at the ninth episode, Dream. I, so right off the bat, it kind of tells you what the deal with this episode is. Hey, 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 David, are we going to get some evanescence up in here? Did <laughs> they record oh, no. a song called Dream or something? What? Oh, my God, David, do you not know? Do you not know what I'm referring to? Oh, no. You cannot possibly. Is that what that's called? Yes. I don't. Okay. I, I don't know. Making a musical reference to me is always a bad idea. Unless it's a Weird Al reference, chances are I'm not going to get it. I'm just sitting here at the fact that we've actually made an Evanescence reference in this episode of Gridman, and it's not too far off considering the subject matter. Yes. <laughs> no, it's right so. on. I mean, I mean, our our central characters basically do need somebody to wake them up inside. Pretty much. Can't oh, okay. yeah. No, not stuck in my head. So I, I just addressed it to you specifically, David, as our sound person. But <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose those references do need to normally be deferred to Rob. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, oh in this in this metaphor, I believe that. Uh, Jen, you are the Amy Lee, and I am whoever the guy who rapped in Evanescence was. <laughs> <laughs> who is the guy who goes, can't wake up? Is that the one who That's raps? the guy who raps. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I assume he had some other function in the band. It's possible he was just the guy who raps. Wake me up inside. Oh, we, we just made a whole career out of that. <laughs> yes. oh, I figured they borrowed somebody from another band for that part. What? I'm not sure I've actually ever heard another Evanescence song. No one has. It's sort of like Ace and Bass, where there's only like two that everyone knows and then there's the rest of the album that nobody cares about yeah i think they had like a second single that was kind of big 
I'm uh, I'm only capable of singing that song uh, mm. at about 150 decibels in a moving car with all there the windows down. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the required. only circumstances under which that song can be properly sung. Oh I, and unfortunately, I can only sing it while I'm stabbing a bunch of sandbags with my uh, with my sigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, I can only sing that song in gift form. <laughs> I can only sing that song in uh in uh what's ADV the the uh videos Oh the AMV oh, uh, like oh, yeah yes AMV form Yeah I th- I think da- David can only sing it in the form where it's the regular picture for the first verse and then it's sort of the like distorted one for the second one Yeah <laughs> like like in the memes yes. Oh my gosh Oh my I, gosh. I can Anyway this episode yeah, so this, anyway, this episode is now the Evanescence podcast. I can only hear um, it if it's accompanied by just like a a random uh, a random assortment of somewhat uh, beat appropriate clips from Evangelion, or uh, possibly the one I always wanted to make an AMV to that uh, song of Chobits. Oh, jeez. Oh, anyway, so yeah. this uh, <laughs> this episode opens with a guy we've never seen before. I don't think. Uh, no, I, I don't, it, it vaguely sort of looks like the shitty teacher who became not shitty, but I don't think it's the same guy. It's just a guy with glasses. Yeah, I, I feel that, is this guy, did I miss something? Cause there's just kind of this random salary man wandering around and he seems to be talking on the phone to somebody. I mean, yeah. it's Japan. That's like yeah. literally yeah. background. <laughs> oh yeah. Like he has okay. no real like significance to the rest of the episode, only just to introduce the, uh, the monster of the the day there. Oh, it's so pretty. And, and yeah, just to set up an uneasy visual. It's so pretty. Ah, uh, yes, the uh, uh, the monster of the week, which I believe, according to this wiki, is uh, is BoJack Horseman. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> just oh, what the, what the just, just go. Just go. <laughs> BoJack. I never even looked up the name. Yeah, yeah, BoJack. Um, who is just like, yeah, it's it's so funny because he's similar to like another one or or. Yeah, it's like who was the designer? That was. Let me just double check that real quick. I just I I'm annoyed because I could never figure out what transformer it's referencing. Let's see. Because <laughs> yeah, it cause sort of looks. It looks kind of like um Z from uh, Ultraman Towards the Future, and a little bit well, Gigan or something. Funny you like... should say that because the guy who designed that, um, because that I guess let me just see real quick. Yeah, because that was um. Yeah, Hiroshi uh, Mariyama, who actually was worked on the Ultra Series, so he was an Ultra Series veteran who came in to work on that. Um, so let's see. Uh, yeah, so pretty much everything from, like, Tiga. Um, he worked on Neos, and he worked on Ultraman Nice. Oh, God. He's pretty much worked on everything up to uh, Orb Origin Saga, and he also worked on a bit of Kamen Rider as well. Oh, neat. It's, it's a really neat design. Like, the head's got, like, extra eyes and two mouths almost. It's so yeah. pretty. It's like a big dragony thing, except it yeah. looks kind of metal and robot-y, and it's just got, like, rainbow pretty colors on it, and it's got big pretty wings. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of, it's a, a little bit of design like, um, Doraco from, uh, was that Seven? Or was it the original? Yeah, because it's like the original. It, it, it's a black 
sort of monster with like weird flappy wings that are sort of trans- oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah the because yeah. like the monsters for this series um were all designed in a way to like basically be like okay if this could be made into an actual suit how it like it has to function okay, in a certain yes. way and so this is like you can tell with like the legs especially like you could tell that it's like a thing where like there's the dude's head like in like the neck and it's just moving around like the neck and everything and swiveling and he's like crawling on all fours yeah oh, there was another one. Oh no the, the giant monster that was an entire mountain also i had the crawling on the knees effect yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i i'm look i'm just here for the the two people who are going to get my chobits reference <laughs> oh my god anyway i i, I find, maybe i find this salary man's appearance kind of disconcerting because we've with a few exceptions, we very rarely see any actual adults right. on this show. I mean, there, there's Rika's mom. Uh, there are a couple teachers. Yeah, we saw a bunch and of apart from that, everybody. And uh, there's that guy who runs the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, who is right. that? Uh, that sure, one that uh, leader, one girl's father. But apart from that, I mean, they Tonga every Hawa. other adult Wait. might as well be making like. Tonkawa, she's cycle, not leader. Cycle, not leader one. Right, right. You know, they might as well be making, you know. I'm not going to yes, and you're getting the GoBot role. Oh, it begins. <laughs> but anyway, they might as well be making the wah, wah noises from, like, the, 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 the adults peanuts. making Peanuts cartoons. <laughs> so it's weird to see this guy who just has, like, a life outside of, you know, the constant monster wars of this uh, cursed city. <laughs> There's probably a whole side story waiting to happen somewhere. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm going to write that. <laughs> I'm going to write that story. Cut to uh, we cut to our boy Utah. He's waking up. He's uh, he's in an unfamiliar place. He's in apparently Akane's. Uh, well, no, it's uh, Akane's home. It's not that it's unfamiliar. Remember back to the very first episode. This is very familiar. Yes, right. And he has he is once more amnesiac. He's I mean, forgotten he's still, that he forgot everything. Pretty right, much, I mean, he's forgotten the stuff that he subsequently learned and found out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, so, yes, he suddenly has amnesia again. And uh, he just... And then who should he be uh, greeted by? But uh, be one and only... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wouldn't say best girl because I'm going to get punched in the face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Akane, who is holding uh, two very specific uh, soft vinyl toys uh, on the table. And she's kind of humming. And um, should I go into the significance of that now, or do you want me to hold off? Yeah, I was curious because yes. I, I thought. I mean, in my notes, I them... have Stephen Colbert Funko Pop question <laughs> which I do not <laughs> believe is correct. Oh my god! Actually, you know... in in my notes, I have a Zeon suit, so that may <laughs> okay. be about. It doesn't look comparable. a lot like a Zeon suit, yeah. Oh my gosh! Which, so, um, with... oh um, that one's the um mountain. Gallery or something? Yeah, Mountain Gulliver. Yeah, okay. So, pr- all right, so strap in, folks. We're going, we're going for a bit of a deep cut roller coaster because here's the thing. Um, I'm ready. All right, so the the two figures that Akane is holding, 
Um, that, that is the robot chief from an episode of Ultra 7, uh, Nightmare of the Fourth Planet, as well as uh, Mountain Gulliver, uh, the robot from Ultraman Dinah. Now, the significance of both those episodes is that it, or, the, or of both of those things, is that it basically outlines what the episode is going to be about from the get-go. Because mm, they're both one of those. They're both invoking dreamlike imagery. And the one in specific, the robot chief, is an episode directed by the one and only Akioji Soji. Now Akioji Soji, um I feel like I've been like a champion of his as of late. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. Akioji Soji, uh he is a auteur director um from Japan. Did a lot of stuff. Um, he, a lot of people don't really associate him with like the Japanese New Wave, but he did stuff with the uh, Art Theaters Guild, which is the uh, which is a company that was like all for like uh, effectively like like public or not publishing, like producing a lot of the work to come out of the Japanese New Wave cinema, uh, and including which included actually a, a erotic Buddhist trilogy. Uh, of films, one of which you can find on YouTube. Um, it's actually shot pretty well. All things considered. <laughs> um, but uh, I digress. But the main thing is that this guy um, ended up working on the original Ultraman. And so he directed several episodes along with uh, episode zero, which uh, – the birth of Ultraman, which is the basis of Ultraman Day, uh, which was everyone celebrated last month or earlier this month, rather, depending on when this comes out. Of course. Out. Um, I, I but, remember my Ultraman Day presents waking up in the morning and exactly. opening them. <laughs> Um, it's just it's too commercial these days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's okay. um, but, <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, so he did uh, a few episodes of the original Ultraman. So he did episodes 14, 15, 22, 23, 34, and 35. Um, these are considered to be some of the most iconic episodes because it like is a stark shift in terms of the general like aesthetic that had been set up for Ultraman. Like in the very beginning, it's like okay, so we're going for very sort of like very low budget, um, you know, kaiju shenanigans, you know, high, fa- you know, kaiju fantasy. And then you get to his episodes and suddenly the story takes like a dramatic emotional shift and there's like French new wave cinematography and things get a lot more serious. And it's, these are the episodes that really stand out to fans and have a lot of the iconic moments. Like there's the gag of like, um, Hayata going for his beta capsule, but he pulls out a spoon instead, like, which has been, like, <laughs> replicated in, like, every single thing since. Um, yeah. it is, it is because of him. Uh, anytime there's, like, a battle at sunset, it is because of Jisoji. Um, oh, it's such a good shot. Yeah. Although that, that, that's also kind of like a samurai movie kind of thing. Like the oh, it, it draws very much, it. like, very thea- he, he's a very sort of theatrical with a lot of his stuff, too. Like, yeah. he'll go very surreal, very avant-garde. Um, he has a very out there sense of humor. So, like, uh, you'll have, like, a whole episode where it's like, oh, these kids' drawings are coming to life. But then, like, a couple episodes later, oh, no, it's a mutated astronaut who we have to gun down. You know, and he was our predecessor. <laughs> oh, Jamila was his episode? Yeah, Jamila oh, was his you know episode. You do, oh, no, that's. Wow, that's even weirder. Yeah, he also did um, another really good episode, which was Underground Destruction Work, which was basically like. The whole thing was a riff on Alphaville by John Luke Goddard. 
<laughs> like right down to the names <laughs> of several characters. It's it's so oh. good. <laughs> so, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, Jisoji is that guy, and the thing is, what he would go on to direct several other episodes of the Ultra series, and you always knew when he came into play because the style and the look of the episode would just shift, and mm-hmm. that hence the term the Jisoji episode. So, what we have here in 4S Gridman is a Jisoji episode. And so, like, those, uh, the figures at the very beginning are to denote, basically, it's, it's the, 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 I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, the, before the, the term I have, uh, was it foreshadow meta? Where it's like, mm-hmm. effect, yeah, you're basically, you're using, like, references to inform or sort of, like, ramp up tension for things to come. Or to give you a hint of something that's going to happen next. And yeah, yeah, I feel like this is something, and maybe it just never got used before because we've just entered this stage of storytelling where everything is referencing other things. But I feel like there needs to be a name for the particular storytelling device where you use some detail like that that the viewer may know. Like, for instance, like in... Marvel movies when they name drop somebody and you're like, oh, that's you know this character from wherever. Yeah, uh, but you know yeah, it's not important a... to the story that you know that, but it's like a detail that sort of an Easter egg, but also maybe foreshadowy because of course you know yeah. in Iron Man one that Rhodey may change actors, but will probably become <laughs> War Machine. Right. Yeah, I think that might or... be more just like root knowledge or something. Um, or something like that. I, I think I'm sure there's probably, what was it? It's like, I'm just probably like, like a cool term for that that I'm not thinking of. Um, I'm sure someone in academia has come up with there one in like someone, their, their courses probably. on modern, oh, I want to, I want to be like professor of modern <laughs> nostalgia based fiction. God. Someone flash the academia signal and see if we can get someone in the comment section for this episode, but, um, yes. The, uh, yeah, but like for Gridman, uh, the way it uses it specifically to just be like, okay, uh, like for instance, um, there's something that happens later on in the episode that we'll talk about where it's like, uh, there's a, a whole bunch of things that are name dropped. And out of those things that are name dropped, there are two yes. of them in particular that will come into yeah. play later in the series that were set up as a result of this. And if you know mm. Ultraman, if you know the Ultra series, you realize the significance pretty early on, and you know it's kind of terrifying. Um, but uh, in this case, yeah, what, whoa. yeah, there's one that maybe we shouldn't go that far into because it is a spoiler. Oh yeah, no, I won't <laughs> go into that. I, but yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying. I'm going back to the, the start of the episode there, and um, yeah, like with those two figures because we have the robot chief that's basically be like, okay, this is a Jusoji episode. But with Mountain Gulliver, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember if it's Mountain, Gul- Mountain Gulliver Five. Whatever. Either way, so with Mount Gulliver, the whole thing is that that entire episode is shot like a Jisoji episode, but he's not involved with it. And mm-hmm. uh, although, ironically, he did direct an episode of Dino later on. Um, but it's the whole thing is des- uh, like designed and set up in a way to be a dreamlike state for the entire episode. Because you find out at the end, like, oh, the whole thing was a dream. There is no real Mount Gulliver robot. It was just my sleeping somewhere. Um, but yeah, like that with those figures there and her holding it, you're like, okay, we're getting a dream episode and yeah. she's in control of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's playing out the exact same opening of the very first episode with Akane replaced for Rika 
So you have that clue that, wait, this isn't right. But if you know old Ultraman, it's clearly a dream. <laughs> yeah. Not so good. Yes. And, and then, well, it, even, even the animation style in this episode is slightly different. It's a little mm. more wackier trigger in places. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, I would say more, like, lucid. Uh, yeah, especially at that scene at the end where everybody's running. Yeah. It's very yes. pretty. And it oh, definitely, good. you know, we've we've sort of commented on how, especially for a studio that is known for very, like, stylized art, this series in general has been a little dry, but this... It really comes out here. It's really pretty. Mm. But yeah, and uh, also in uh, in this episode, there are unusual. In, and this series has always been vaguely Lynchian, but the, uh, <laughs> the interstitial scenes showing um, railway railroad crossing lights are very reminiscent of the uh, the interstitial traffic light shots on the original Twin Peaks. Oh yes. yeah, and that's total Jusoji. I, I I told you we'd get more. You asked if we'd get more Lynchian. Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm always demanding more Lynch, and I and I know Japan loves David Lynch. Oh, very much so. In fact, they made an unofficial Twin Peaks uh, video game because of that. <laughs> and uh, there are those uh, those Twin Peaks uh, coffee commercials directed by Lynch, and with like a bunch of like actual Twin yeah. Peaks actors in them, which are so good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the. Um... And it just it just gets crazier from there. Um, I mean, there are even shots in this episode that, like, as you're watching, you're like, okay. And I'm like, like um, you're kind of pacing through, and I'm like, oh, gosh. They're really doing it. They're really evoking, like, the true essence of the Jisoji episode. Because, like you're saying, like, it's a different style than what we're used to. And mm-hmm. it's basically supposed to be jarring and very introspective. And it's just, ah. Like, when those first shots hit, I, I remember just falling in love with this immediately. Like this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series, like bar none. It's it's good. And so yeah, uh, Akane has apparently created this dream world and uh it is a dream world in which she is everybody's bestest pal or in the case of our boy Utah, uh they're they're dating. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, and he's like what? Out. Because it plays out shot for shot like the first episode, mostly. Except for, like, when we see Rika's mom come in as Akane's mom, which is weird. We don't see her eyes, but she does have that one eyeball-shaped earring, which is unnerving. <laughs> yeah, yes. she's not, clearly not right. I I feel like, I mean, really, the way Akane acts through this is very, like, you gave him amnesia, didn't you? This <laughs> <laughs> she's just so matter of fact about it and just like yep you have amnesia also I'm your girlfriend you gonna give me a kiss yeah, like uh, um, Utah is asking like almost all the same questions like oh I have amnesia who are you how do I know you why was I at your house but Akane's answer like Rika was like evasive about almost everything Akane's uh-huh. like straight out oh yeah you're my boyfriend yeah and it's like I said in that very sort of matter of fact way, like she's not actually surprised in any way that any of this is happening. So it's no. like you you did this, didn't you? <laughs> it's just like she's not good at it's like God damn it, Akane, what did you do? You know, just, just botching that uh bluff check there. Oh my god. And uh, so, yeah, we, they, we also see oh. they they do uh you know 
<laughs> I I do like that they go by, uh, or there's at least a sign for the seven two one, uh, presumably convenience store. Uh, <laughs> yes. But yeah, they have the same like scene with him coming out of the hospital and being like, yeah, they say it'll probably just clear up on its own soon. And that's, you know, the same as when he was in the first episode with Rika, except, you know, Akane <laughs> is like, yep, sure. It's great. And uh, we also see here that uh, the, in this dream world, there are no freaky cloud kaiju. No. They're, yeah. they're just light reflected off of a billboard. And you get flashes of Gridman's face you could just barely see behind yes. the light. Like small flickers and everything like that. Mm. Yeah. Which is, again, the real nice animation effects. Of just like, you know, he'll... You definitely get the impression that this is just something that's sort of popping up out of the corner of his eye with just like reflecting light. Just Gridman is, is there. In the background, <laughs> trying to get through. Weirdly, they kind of use the same device on an episode of Archer I watched this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, an, it's an odd coincidence. Gosh, can we just have like an Archer Gridman spinoff? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Do not put that into the universe, Mike. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yes, we can. That, oh, that would be too nuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then there's the other scenarios that are going on at the same time. So we have uh, the whole date going on. Uh, and then you have, was it Utsumi going off with Akane in the, the section that when I was watching in real time, I was like losing my little mind. Um, I because, bet. <laughs> oh, yes, the bookstore. Yeah. So first they meet up. In, it's because it's, it's basically from the episode where there's no like kaiju attack. It's like they, you know, they're talking at like the magazine shop or whatever. Um, oh, and... also, there is one one bit before that, which I know it was before that, just because I made a note, uh, where it's her and Rika. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a brief one where, like, Rika's going to the infirmary and Akane's there, and she's like, oh, are you, did you want to skip two? Like, there's club sign up, and it's really boring. Uh, I just wanted to note that, and this is something that is actually comes up in what's going on uh, as to what time of year this is taking place in because later in the episode one of the mentions it being October uh, but there is a uh, there's a calendar on the wall in the the infirmary that says that this is actually the month of April yeah so, what is I guess April? I did not notice that April yes it said A-P-L-I-L I, I, my brain just filled in April <laughs> yeah. Oh, and what, what's with that uh, that weird rhyme Akane makes about gray cats or gray bats and stray cats? I've, I'm trying to wonder about that. Um, <laughs> Haven't figured out what that's, that's probably a reference to, to some episode we can't remember. Not or the uh, children's nursery rhyme, maybe. It's probably that. There's also the. I don't know if she sings "Believe" in this one. Okay, or I can't remember if she mm. sings "Believe" in this one. Um, Where else but, would she sing "Believe"? Oh, or, or believe a... is the um, okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a, a nugget that popped up in like in my research, which is like uh, throughout the show there are like these like school choir numbers you hear in the background, mm-hmm. and there's one there's one prominent one um, that rises in volume the further in you get to the series, which is believe, and so you hear it very faintly in the first episode, 
you hear it just as Yuta is waking up, and it's basically the message of the show, which is <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but suffice to say, like, the moral of the entire show can be found in the lyrics of Believe. Um, if you want to find it, uh, there's actually a German choir that sings it, and they actually have the lyrics that you can, like, go view, uh, if you want to skip ahead. But, um, yeah, it's like, I can't remember if she's singing it in this episode as he's waking up, or if it's silent. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to remember what the, the, that particular rhyme was in the meantime. Ah, I'm going to have to look back at it later and just do, like, an editor's note. Like, wait a minute! <laughs> um, just sit bolt upright in the middle of the night, like, that's it! Well, that's, that honestly has happened before when doing like, research for the show, because that's how many layers there are. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But the, oh, yeah, and, and oh, go on. when Utsumi... When Itsumi and Akane are talking in the bookstore, like, she asks him why he's dressed like that, and he's going to a relative's funeral again, or is it the same one again, because it's time loop dream logic. Yeah. So yeah. either Itsumi has I mean, a I lot guess of relatives. the same one would make sense. The same one makes sense, or it's just that Itsumi has a lot of relatives that die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's reusing the same animation, so it's probably just pulling from the exact same moment, so, oh, like, yeah. in time. Yeah. And, and he's, also, he's very... Utsume is totally gatekeeping at her, and that's not cool, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. very concerned that she's a fake kaiju girl. See, I didn't even yes. uh, interpret it as that. Yes, I interpreted know. it as like him just being like, like this, like he's like, no, this, this can't be unreal. This can't be real. This can't be real. And he's just like going through and like pointing at everything. But there's a significance to this scene. That pops up yes. in an audio drama for the final episode that I can't talk about oh. yet. But yeah, but either way, there's a specific reason for that. Uh, and also, when he's doing this scene, this is what I was referring to earlier, because Akane name drops several kaiju from Ultraman, and a lot of them are lesser ones. And there are three in particular that you want to pay attention to. There's Gomura. Gobu, uh, uh, Gobu Ogna and Chaos Jirak. Now, um, yeah. <laughs> Gomura is from Ultraman, and um, there's significance to that in like the following episode for this one. Um, I can't again. I, I can't really talk about it because again, it's gonna <laughs> trash it. But let's just say uh, a bit of a homework assignment. Um, if, you, if you've already seen the show, go ahead, look up Gomera on Ultraman Wiki and look at his character history, and mm-hmm. look at what happens into the following episode, and you'll understand why. Uh, huh. But the other two come into play in the final episode specifically. Now, the, yeah, the Chaos Rock is actually uh, from Ultraman Cosmos. And by an episode that was actually written by uh, Forrest Gridman's main writer, Keiichi Hasegawa. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's Gobu Ogna, which is from Ultraman Tiga. Now, I can talk a little bit about Jirak without spoiling. Um, because that episode <laughs> revolves around a monster that shows up uh, as a flying whale that it c- comes from the mind of a depressed girl who is secluded from everyone else who's named Akane. Mm-hmm. So I won't again. I, I can't talk about what happens in the rest of that episode, but just keep that in mind as you get to the end of the series because it's uh, Gobu Ogna and Castor Rock that will come into play later. Um, mm-hmm. But then from there, 
Um, after looking at an is- issue of which you send, because like I said, I think it's on the back of that one. You see the actual band in like an actual like undrawn photo that of OXT who sang the opening theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, but then Uchi-sen, it was, uh, in the, that previous episode, Uchi-sen is an actual magazine. I don't know if you guys uh, covered that in, like, a, like the past episode, but Uchi-sen is... Oh, uh, yeah, I was gonna ask do? about that. Uchi-sen is basically Japanese Starlog. Um, okay. so, yeah, so it, there's, like, a lot of, like, science fiction and things like that. Um, to which there's probably some guy out there who's like, well, you know, Japan already had a Starlog. I'm like, yeah, but it folded in the 80s. So, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, like, it had, like, an indie section and, like, uh, f- larger focus and a lot of American sci-fi and model building and things like that. Um, and a lot of really cool stuff from here and there. There are a lot of exclusives. Over the years, they've shifted more towards, like, Tokusatsu exclusively um, mm-hmm. in terms of production and stuff like that. Like, they'll do, like, the detail of Heroes yearbooks and shit like that. Pardon my French. Um, but anyway, um, on... The cover of that particular Chusen, um, it's Ultraman Zero yeah. wearing his uh, Tector armor. Uh, I forgot who the second one was, but the, th- the other thing on there is uh, Andrew Mellos. Yeah, yeah, oh, Andrew. Um, the, so, oh, it's um, the guy from Mabius. Yeah, oh yeah, because it was Hunter Knight Tsurugi, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, because before he became Ultraman Hikari. Um, and so the, all three of them are armored, but the main thing is that Andrew Mellis is on the cover because before they were, they got the, the green light to do green, uh, not green man, to do, uh, grid man. Um, oh, right. Trigger originally was offered a, a chance to do an Andrew Mellis anime because when they approached Sibriad, um, they told them that's like, well, Ultraman's off the table. So you have your choice of a couple different properties, but the two big ones were either Andrew Mellis or Gridman, and they went with Gridman. So it's a nice little, like, nod to that original proposition. Mm-hmm. And on that cover, there are, um, like, references to, um, oh my gosh, and this is where the, the deep cuts really come in. Um, there are <laughs> references to several, uh, midnight drama shows produced by Subaraya, including, uh, and a couple of obscure shows. So you have, like, um, Bioplanet Woo, which was based off of the, Woo. yeah, off of the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's literally the sound the little guy makes, and I love him so much. Uh, it's very Aww. loosely based off of the original uh, concept for Ultraman, and so, <laughs> but they they switched it around. So instead of like a detective going around, and instead of Woo being like this sort of translucent mass um, that could like grow and fight monsters and stuff like that, like it's just this little cute little alien guy. And, and like, he also turns into, like, a kind of an Ultraman knockoff. But it's so adorable. And it's basically, like, Ultraman mixed with E.T., and I'm, I'm all for it. Um, there's also Otosuke Girl, which is, like, a magical girl show that uh, Super I produced. And then I believe they also have, um, the third, the third one was, um, was that Cyber B Shoujo Telomere, which is, like, a show that I have very little information on. But the main thing is that it is very fan servicey and revolves around basically three psychics. Uh, and it's, like, the theme song, or the ending theme is so, like, happy-go-lucky, but then it has, like, this Tetsuo, the Iron Man tier, like, imagery at one point, and it's, it's, like, this guy, like, hooked into, like, TV static and wires and shit, and I'm, like, ah! Nuts? Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) That, that, that's disturbing. I've seen, I've seen Tetsuo, that, that, no. Well, it's not, like, super graphic, (laughs) but you just see this, like, mass, like, plugged into wires and stuff. And but that, that's like, still weird. I mean, a few things get as um, graphic as Tetsuo. There, 
There oh, are yeah. scenes people should not see. Yeah, don't watch that while eating. <laughs> I made that mistake once. Um, but <laughs> going, but going from that cover, um, they end up going out to, um, yeah, uh, the, the dream store. And you think that's, oh, hey, it's Mandarake. No, they take them to Seven Darake. Which, <laughs> yeah, is a joke. I, I saw that. It's a, it's a joke I just got last night. I, I missed it the first time, I think. <laughs> um, in Japan, the, the, the store is called Mandarake. But it's called Seven Darake here. Why is that a thing? <laughs> well, um, the original Ultraman, well, most other Ultraman are like, you got Ultra Seven and Ultraman mm-hmm. Tiga and other things. They have names you can call them that are not just Ultraman. Except for the first Ultraman. He's just Ultraman. So, it, the convention is to just refer to him as man. So <laughs> you have man, and then the Ultraman right after him is seven. Ultra seven. <laughs> seven Darake. I didn't get that joke yes. right. last night. So, so there is something I have to, I have to roll us back a little. There is something that I, I oh, must. Lost stuff in this episode. <laughs> Mostly, what on earth is Space Mammy? Oh boy! All right, space- is it racist? <laughs> okay, okay, spa- yeah, space mommy is the main mothership from um, <laughs> Ultraman eighty, and uh, funny you should say that because this episode comes with so many, so many Ultraman toy and mecha references that like it blows oh. your frigging mind. Okay, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah, space mommy is the <laughs> the main ship of UGM. Um, which is, it's such, it's like the weirdest name. Like you have the, um, was it Super Murdoch in the Ultraman? Like it was just like the late eighties, like the, the naming conventions went completely out the window. Like I mean, Taro had like a car called like the Rabbit Panda. Um, so (laughs) yeah, and it's it's like the weirdest looking car. It looks like, like someone could just die just like leaning on it. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so you had that, and you, when you go into Seven Darake and you look at the front window, um, it's actually lifted from its inspiration, which is Mandarake. And it's, which, if you don't know about it, Mandarake is like, it is the most dangerous and also the most resourceful <laughs> store that you will ever yes. encounter as a fan. Um, you can go on there, you can set up like an English account. This is not a sponsored segment, by the way, this is just a fact. <laughs> I wish just it was. Just letting you know. Yes, letting you know that, like, you're going to spend a lot of money there once you figure out how to get it working. Um, and like when I was doing my research for Gridman, like a lot of the books came from Mandarake to the point where I mentioned this and they sent me a personal thank you like, on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> for spending money with them. And I'm like, I don't cool. know how to feel about this. Give me, <laughs> give me some freebies. Um, but yeah, in the front window, you have basically an assortment of like Ultraman paraphernalia, including like, a very stealthy Robocon, who was like from Toei, and I don't know how the hell they got away with it. But chief among them is like the things in front is because uh, there's a statue of Ultraman Dyna, or what you think is Ultraman Dyna. It's actually the Terranoid, the evil version of Ultraman Dyna, to just to further illustrate <laughs> just how fake the entire thing really is. <laughs> now, <laughs> now. However, the one thing that is not fake about this whole thing is that is the the prize thereafter, which is um, the uh, Move Out um, Ultra Mecha Collection, um, and it's like if you remember way back when when Micro Machines did like all those like Star Wars uh, ships and Star Trek ships, like the big packs. I had a ton of those. Yeah, oh, that's yes. literally what that is for Ultraman. Huh. 
And so you have all these assortment of ships. They did that for a number of years and then eventually stopped doing the line and then brought it back and then stopped doing the line. But yeah, was it um, basically Ultra Mecha Selection 2 is a it, – it, first of all, it's really hard to come by. Um, <laughs> in fact, like I had one in my shopping cart or in my like uh, waiting or wish list or whatever for uh, Mandarake. And it was like right around the time that this episode came on. Like, I looked Ooh. immediately after it aired. It was gone in a flash. <laughs> yeah. So, to this oh, day... Wait, there's I'm, that thing I wanted. Yeah, so, yeah to this well, day, I'm like, I probably want to just get it just so I can be like, Hi, I got you, it's to me. Uh, but yeah, no, that that thing is still a prize. And, like, that's, like, even more of a deep cut because, you, like, you're looking at that. And there's a line even Akani says, or she says, Oh, I wish they made Hexawings. And Hexawings mm-hmm. were the ship from freaking Ultraman Nice. And, mm-hmm. which is the series of infomercials shown with reruns of Ultraman Tiga. You see how deep this goes, people. All I know about Ultraman Nice is he looks like a child version of Ultraman. Well, th- that's Giant the point. Eyes. Yeah, because. Well, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was an infomercial. I thought it was like. Well, I figured it was like short episodes. I didn't know it was infomercial to sell toys. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. Because the every episode would go the exact same Buy way. Buy toys. It would just Buy be like toys. The, yeah, the family sits there. They're like, "Oh man, the new Ultraman Tiga like like Ultra Heroes like uh, series is out. These toys look really awesome. What? There's a monster attack." Gokazoka time, move out! And so they all go out and, and fight the monster. There's usually like oh, a little wait, bit of that's difficulty. Like, well, the, without the monster fighting, that's like, oh, what the crap was... The thing that was called that they stuck in front of um, animated when they made Transformers Evo. They had like a family in that. Oh, the, the Autobotto family. <laughs> so so this is like tommy kennedy is this like tommy not kennedy? not really like tommy Kennedy. it's it's more like okay so just Im- imagine like just you have like i can't really think of it. all i can think of is like the super mario brothers super show in a way oh. <laughs> but ima- like imagine that but like with like monster fighting and like everything condensed to a minute and so you start out with like because it's very fast and loose, I guess. That's where I'm thinking of Super Show. But it's very fast and loose because you have, like, maybe 30 seconds of, like, plugging a toy or, a, or like, a T-shirt or, like, um, another or like the vehicles or the mecha or something like that or a candy toy. So they, they plug that for maybe 30 seconds. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. oh, no, it's a monster attack! And then there's, like, maybe, like, three jokes. And then, <laughs> and then like, the main dude, like, pulls out – because he transforms eating chocolate. So he has a little bracelet, he pops it open, he eats chocolate, he spins around, becomes Ultraman Nice, fights the monster. and uh, I, too, eat chocolate. (laughs) Wait, wait, oh, shh. I swear that was, like, chocolate was a power-up, like, some superhero somewhere somewhere else. Oh, that was Go Busters. Because, uh, Go because, uh, yeah, Yellow Buster, like, remember she would eat sweets? Yeah. I haven't seen Go Busters, that's the thing. You haven't? No, well, I've seen a bit of, um, the, the, the... American version, the Beast Morphers. I haven't actually yeah. seen. I've seen the Go Busters movie. That's all I've seen of it. Yeah, they uh, oh, really yeah, they swapped out the sweets because they wanted to make sure it was healthy living. So she has to eat like literally eat carrots instead. Uh, but I digress. Um, but <laughs> well, she's a rabbit, so that makes sense. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, totally. As rabbits do. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, like you have all these toys just being thrown at you, and then all the names being thrown at you. Where, like, Akani's like, "Hey, uh, you want to come back to my place, and we can watch all these shows." And so she like throws out freaking like colorized Ultra Q, 
Um, what was like Ultra Coliseum, which is like an incredibly obscure show from the '90s, featuring, featuring Ultraman Boy, who was only ever seen one more time after his show ended, and that was cowering in terror after Ultraman Belial was massacring the Land of Light. <laughs> that is his legacy in Free Ultra Galaxy Legends. Um, though also, as all this is going on, we we do still have our subplot with Rika. Oh yeah, uh, which oh, yeah, I realize is stuff. sadly not as nerdy as Utsume's subplot. Oh yeah, uh, and well, not, because they throw so. Well, much I would at say you not as creepy as Yuta's, but no, it's absolutely as creepy as Yuta's. Uh, <laughs> it's creepy in a different way. But she like I mean, invites her over to her house, and like she's like, "Oh, my parents are never around, but I have people who take care of me, like this guy." Hello, Alexis Kariv. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how casual he always is interacting with other characters, despite being like a towering robot space demon. Eight foot tall thing on fire <laughs> freaks Rika yes. out. But Rika, it's easily dismissed by, oh, it's a cosplay. Yes, my giant like, butler yes. on fire is cosplay. He's your cosplay butler. I mean, you don't know. The cosplay game out there is pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's got like, I don't know, some kind of dry ice or something or some kind of <laughs> smoking thing. I'm sure going somebody on. will figure out how to do that at like friggin' well, like Summer Comic Cat. Somebody's probably done like a cosplay, um, uh, Firestar, Nova Star, whatever the hell she's called in the IDW comics where she has her head on fire. Somebody's got them down. Oh, oh yeah. Firestar, yeah. Yeah. There you uh, go. Oh, yeah. Lots of lights. Like, Akane's house here, because she's not stealing Rika's house in the other dream sequence because they're all separate, is like this brick, like solid cement industrial lifeless looking thing. It's, <laughs> it's brutalist. It, yes. It, it's probably been in an Ichi Soji episode where he likes to, he did like to photograph like weird buildings in Japan. <laughs> like um, and, and, oh did he did he do the one that's like the, the the band episode with that building that's got like circles on it wait which one the um the band ultraman episode the band ultraman episode? oh episode 12 um yeah. uh... i remember that one had a really weird yeah like movie. from a planet with love yeah no he uh yeah he did that oh okay yeah for ultra 7 he did 8 43 and 45 Anyway, I, I like that she is uh, she's in one dream, uh, you know, trying to make uh, uh, Rika is her best friend. Well, in the other dream, she's just single white femaleing her. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh ab- ab- absolutely! And um, doubt is stealing her mom. That's weird. An- another thing to oh, bear yeah. in mind for uh, much later in the show. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> at some point we cut back to the real world where uh, Akane is sitting on top of a crane with a blinking, menacing red light, and, and uh, Alexis Carib visits her, and, and then we cut away to little. He's she's like he's like, are are you know basically are is it working? And she's like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so is she, but yes, is she experiencing like these three different? It's time for my angry son. Realities at once. Yeah, she's controlling all three at once. So it's like... Yeah, I, I, it's not, like, explicit in the show, but it, it, to me it feels like her will is being shoved through the kaiju, which is putting people to sleep, and she's sort of invading their dreams that way, I guess. Pretty much. I think that's how it works. Yes, anyway, on to Jen's garbage son, Auntie. Yes! <laughs> 
my trash son. I love you. Who's, who's barging into the junk shop where our our three leads are in an uh, unbreakable sleep. Yeah, they're asleep. The people, <laughs> the, the Neon Genesis Junior High crew <laughs> is watching over them and just like, why don't they wake up? And Boar is kicking Utsume really hard and he's not oh, responding. Yeah, and uh, Boar is very concerned it, about this. Official shin kick number seven, but we hear like a few off screen before it cuts to her actually kicking him. But it's yes. definitely seven, but it's probably like actually ten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and and when when Auntie gets there, oh, there's this one. I love the comedy that that Neon Genesis Evangelion high school or junior high kids do. Like for some reason, just Boar is yelling at Auntie for trying to come in like he's a wet cat, and then she pulls out yeah, an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, Boar is basically just like Auntie, not on the carpet. <laughs> Pretty much. He was out in the rain and he's soaking wet and he's upset because there's a kaiju and Gridman has not shown up. And this is frustrating him because, <laughs> because he, if there's he, a kaiju, he, yeah, then Gridman should show up for him to fight. <laughs> so, so they're like, yeah, he's like this kaiju is interfering with them. I forget which one of them explains to him that this kaiju is interfering with them. And Auntie is basically just like, I know what I must do, and just charges oh. the kaiju. Yes. Oh, oh, this... Like, well, this show has been uh, good the... up till now, but it keeps getting prettier, and, and like, I, lo- I love animation mo- character models, and it's... Mm-hmm. Well, um, I forget where I first heard it. Probably something to do with uh, Batman, the animated series. Like, an animation model, you have to narrow it down to as limited specific details as you can so that when you have an action scene, you can still tell what's going on by the character design, but you're completely off model doing action poses. And just anti running away from the junk shop is so gorgeous because he's and just expressive and when fast. He, when he pulls out his buzzsaw, it's just, again, like I was saying, it was, and, and this isn't in one of the dreams. So it's not just that they're, you know, animating things. It's just that this particular episode, I guess, they like really went all out for it because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's not just in the dreams that suddenly everything is animated very pretty. Mm. But yeah, he just charges at it. And, and one of them, I think Max is like, he's very, he's very forward. Uh, he's very straightforward, but I just love how how they're like, Gridman's not showing up because that kaiju is making him not show up. And he's like, I will kill it. <laughs> it's just so, so just straightforward. It's, he's good. He's my garbage son, and I love him. He protects, uh, he attacks, he throw, he's thrown out by the back. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so meanwhile, but in the, in the, oh, Again, sorry. nothing can, I, I don't think we established that nothing can actually physically touch this kaiju. No, it's, uh, it's and intangible. So is, yeah. yeah, so Auntie is just sort of running through it and like, yeah, yeah, just trying attack to attack darkness. it and he can't. And <laughs> yeah. there's a really cool, um, shot of it phasing through a building. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was really neat. So, so yes, uh, he tries. He gets a gold star for trying. So he, uh, so so back in the dream world, Utah is starting to sort of piece together that things are kind of kind of weird here. After we get sort of a romantic montage with uh, him. And oh Akai. yeah, 
there's like a love ballad playing. It's weird. No. Utah also starts noticing like more glitches of Ultraman. Like at one point, a billboard goes blue screen, and then uh, Gridman, not Ultraman, Gridman shows up, and it's like, but it's all glitched out. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's like it's, the blue Ultraman screen of death. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. So Hikari just shows up. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Poor Hikari. He and uh, and then actual footage starts intruding. Oh yes, the live yeah, action, like live yes, action well, footage. Live action photos. Yes. Well, um, mm-hmm. Akane is running from left to right while a train is flying by in the background, and we get these shots of actual live action Japan. I, I assume not actually painted, but then there's like. A Gridman is superimposed over these buildings and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. It's and that's really when we go looking. full avant-garde. Yes. yes. So, uh, so, yeah, there there is like a, a very uh, very expressionistic montage mm. of, uh, of Gridman-type stuff here, and he finally realizes what's going on as he you know, takes a, a stroll amongst the tombstones and stops at the uh, the Tonkawa family gravestone. Oh, that yes, is. they they did walk by the Chinese restaurant earlier, but now they're actually mm-hmm. there, there's like a tombstone for the entire family. This oh, I this this might be one of my favorite shots in the entire show. Just them walking into the cemetery because they're going to a place of death, and, and Akane says she likes walking through cemeteries. In the summer. Well, she. Yeah, this is another October, point. But it's April. This is another point where the <laughs> the time you notice that between the three of them, things are not occurring at the same point in the year. Is that she says mm-hmm. the thing about loving walking through cemeteries in the summer, and Utah's like, but it's October. But as we know previously in in Rika's dream, it is April. She's she's losing yeah. track of which uh, which dream she's on. It's like a it's like a really twisted episode of Three's Company or something where she has three dates of three <laughs> yeah. people she's manipulating in her in their dreams. Wow! Oh my no. god! Oh my god! Anywho, the the Tonkawa grave. I love the Tonkawa grave because they go to the grave to remind Root Yuda reminds himself of why he's fighting by seeing the grave of Psykill's family. Yes. <laughs> and I, I just love the way, like, the three, uh, marks in the, in the middle kanji, as he's staring at the grave, he's reflected in it, and it looks kind of like he's crying because of the kanji. Yeah, wow. it's, again, image. it's a really nice shot. It looks really good. Yes. And then you get that nice shot of, like, the divide between Akane and Yuta, where it's just, oh, like, yes. the, the graves in the middle, that, which, oh, that shot's so good. It's that shot is so... It's like four-fifths four of the screen is black grave. Yeah, and it is such mm-hmm. a Jisoji shot, it hurts. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, <laughs> you, you just, just, just took this from Jamila. Just, just, just own up to it. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm not complaining, but this is fine. I love this. <laughs> so... <laughs> Although I'm, I'm, I'm glad, like, it was Tonkawa's grave and not Jamila's grave, because I can't read French. <laughs> well, oui. it's probably for the best, too, because they, they tried to say that he died in 1990. And don't get me started Man. on the, the, the dating controversy. Oh, right, the time problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> don't get me started. We'll be here for another hour. Uh, but... <laughs> 
Anyway, Rika's on a bus with uh, Akane and all her friends. She has friends now. Which are yes. Yes. Of my favorite characters. <laughs> yes, and Thundercracker Girl insists that they go to the sea, and it's very cute. <laughs> They're like, don't you want to go somewhere else? She's like, no, sea! <laughs> it's just, ah, it's very cute. I like her. We went there last time. See. <laughs> so so Akane is living much much like the protagonist of the film Teen Witch. Akane is now the most popular girl. Oh god. Yes. Oh I want to hear Thundercracker singing Top This. Oh top that. <laughs> top that, top that, top that, top that. Forget the rest of it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> oh, God. someone please, we have to dub that over immediately. Um, <laughs> well, we need but, enough uh, footage, but yeah. Yeah. somebody else's part. Don't tempt me. Do Don't tempt me. I'll do it. But, <laughs> but anyway, they're, you know, they're sort of drifting apart because, you know, while Akane has so many friends, she doesn't need, uh, need, uh, need Rika. And in the third dream, Utsumi is sort of seeing through this because, well, no, the, too many good things are happening to me. And my life doesn't suck enough. This must be a dream. And he's also getting also, so many rare I, toys for a decent bargain. Cause like, I just <laughs> want to point out that the way Akane is talking to him was just very, like, very high school code for let's go home and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, my parents aren't home. Ultraman and chill? That's a thing now? <laughs> My parents are home. I got DVDs. Yeah, it's weird that oh she's basically asking him to come Netflix and chill because her parent. Basically, oh anytime God. anyone mentions that their parents aren't home, means let's have sex. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. I realize that like, I hey haven't girl, been in high I'm, school for a long time, but at least in the '90s, that's what that meant. Especially like, hey babe, <laughs> I've got 196 episodes of Ultra Fight ready on cue, ready to go. What do you say? No, it's true. As, <laughs> as, the, as the resident millennial, I can attest that my generation also does not want to have sex while our parents are present. <laughs> this took a dark turn. I mean, yes, but, but yeah, also well, if your parents are present, thought, they might, you know, insist that you keep all the doors wide open. Three inches! <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> I had to get one in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Psychic door slam. Oh god! But that leads us and to so, the know, uh, best, uh, like one of the better shots of the whole episode, where the, our oh, heroes are yes. snapping out of it. Or, or as I like to call it, like every frame is magic as Gridman breaks out. Yes. Mm. And then we are, and the whole thing on, um, of course. Oh, oh wait, but does does the running happen before or after he breaks out? Um, well, there's also a bit in here that I want to mention just oh, sure, because, sure, sure. uh, where Rika has, you know, she's figured out that this is a dream and kind of basically, well, okay, what if it is, but it's still cool, right? Yeah. And she, she brings up the thing again about how you were made to be my friend. Yes. You have to like me. You were made to like me. And again, we bring up the fact that was, did, did Akane put her in that skirt then? Is that? Is that what we're going with here? But yes. Oh, there are things that I want to say and I can't. Are they (laughs) filthy? Because no, 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 they're not filthy. It's it's more like again, final episode. Just like just give me like the mic for like 
an hour, and I will just do that. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm kind of thinking maybe we should have a recap episode after we're done. Exactly. Episode 13. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. But yeah, that's so, so yeah, uh, Rika is, yeah, Akane is like, but isn't it cool? Wouldn't you just, yeah, she's like, don't you just want to stay in a dream? I would like to just stay in a dream forever. I'm like, oh, oh no, Akane, my child, you are my new trash child. She kind of says that to all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, In some way or another. That hurt. That hurt me a lot. Well, yeah. (laughs) It hurt me right in the emotions. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, they they all do a big run, and they finally encounter each other in this weird uh, shared collective unconsciousness. Yes, they're they're running from right to left, the opposite direction of Kane, and they're right. all they're all in RGB colors. Each one's a different. Yes, color. they're they're color coded. So yes, mm-hmm. Yuta is red because he's associated with red and Utsume is green because he's associated with green and Rika is blue because I guess that's the closest you get to white. Because <laughs> the eyes. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, there's that too. And then it so, all wraps so. up on probably the best shot ever, which is like the final shot from the friggin' like Ultraman Nexus uh, second opening. And I'm thinking about it right now and I'm like, oh my god, what if someone just re-edited it? It's like the best part of that song. Um, uh, and then, like, the, the, well, the thing is, is, like, right before that shot of, like, Gridman looking down is where Nexus is in, uh, kind of approximation. Oh, right, that shot. But the, the lyric that leads into that shot, it, which I think about it now, and I'm like, oh, God, that it, maybe, I don't know if it was intentional, but it's like, uh, the lyric is, in English, is like, can you please give some more power to me? Don't stop because you've been chasing around. And it's like, mm-hmm. right after that lyric is when that pan happens, and I'm like, <clears throat> I want to edit that shot to the, the theme now and see if it syncs. Um, but yeah, no, it ends on that beautiful shot. And then let's, oh boy. And then, then we get to the climax. Yes. We get to the fight and the powered Xenon. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, you know, the, our, our main crew are still off in the, off in the dream world. So it is up to the neon Genesis crew. To uh, to head out themselves, and so they do. And it turns out that if they all deploy at the same time, they too can form into their own independent robot, which is super Optimus Primey. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. And I believe isn't the name uh, a name that's from Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad? Okay, strap in again and grab your bubble tea, folks. We're gonna. Yes, get look, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> going by like thing. what I recall seeing on the shelves at KB Toys. In okay, the 90s. I just so, have Ramune to drink. Yeah, that that'll work. Well, I mean, if you just slice it open and you have the ball, then it's relevant. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I did that once. Fine. I cut my hand. Don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but, I was gonna say, watch, watch out for the broken glass. Yeah, please don't do that. Dangerous. But, uh, yeah, it's so, so thick, it's giant splinters. Oh, bad memory. <laughs> yeah, so Powered Xenon is, uh, okay, so, yeah, Xenon is the name of, well, the original from Gridman. It, it was God Xenon, but then it's just Xenon in, uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Okay. The thing about this particular mech is that it is a 
multifecta, if you will, of uh, assorted references to Transformers and toy design and a whole bunch of other stuff. So the big one right away, um, it has the exact same headpiece as freaking like Battle Con or uh, was it um, Powered Convoy slash Powered Ultra Convoy. Magnus from like the or I guess what was not what was the um, the other one of Ultra Magnus? What was his, his uh, the, the twin that used the diacon um. colors? Oh, uh, oh, Powered uh, Convoy. Oh, there's Powered Convoy, yeah, but, but there's, no, like... No, there was a fiction... Somebody made it into the fiction in, like, some expanded thing. I think it was, like, Delta it, uh, Magnus Delta Con... Delta... Delta Magnus? That's what it was, yes. Like so, yeah, so it's basically that color scheme. And so it's, it's pulling that head from that top. But the other thing, too, is just in terms of color scheme, in terms of a couple other things, it's pulling from um, Optimal Optimus with the chest piece in a way. It's pulling from mm-hmm, yeah. Powered Xenon. Yeah, pulling from God Xenon. It's pulling from uh, freaking, and this is this is the ultimate jump. Uh, was it Victory Mars from uh, QQ Sentai Gogo Five? Because the toy designer who worked <laughs> on Gridman worked on that show and designed that mech. So that's nice. like the exact same faceplate. Oh, oh, and there's one. Well, when trying uh, Powered Xenon is transforming. His head turns around. So you have the other robot face on the back, which looks like the GoGo Five robot. Exactly, and then the creme de la creme of the whole thing is uh, its final attack is the Jumbo Saber. The Jumbo Saber um, <laughs> is a throwback to another episode of uh, Grit, the OG Gridman, which is the episode where Xenon first shows up. Because you have mm-hmm. the whole thing where you have the cat burglar who's like stealing everyone's stuff. And, um, Ipe's sister is like, like, here, it's okay, you can have this, uh, this, this, uh, action figure I found, it's fine, it'll cheer you up. And the, the, the toy in question is actually Jumbo Saber. And Jumbo Saber, I'm trying to remember if it was, let's see, I just want to make sure that I'm not, like, talking out of my ass. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Dagon, uh, yeah. Dagon? Yeah, he's one of the, the guys from Dagarn, a legend of the, um, uh, yeah, Brave Fighter legend. And, um, oh my gosh. So it's literally a jumbo jet that turns into a robot that also has a sword. And so. I, whole... I think I had a knockoff of that. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, so then. It was he's one... huge. Yeah, he turns into a Sky Saber and Lager, uh, Pegasus Saber. But the thing is, in the climax of that episode, um, when Ipe's thinking, oh god, what are we gonna do? We have to figure out a way to beat him. He looks at the toy robot. Wait a minute. We have three vehicles. So, what if we made them combine into a robot? And they're like, <gasps> I like this idea. So immediately they scramble and that they're able, they get the idea to combine all three uh, vehicles into God Zenon who shows up and saves the day. And so it was a callback to that episode. And, <laughs> and somehow, somehow none of this has anything to do with the anime Invincible King Try Xenon. None? None at all whatsoever, because we don't talk about that show in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so, no. I didn't. Not it's a damn shame because it has a good theme song. <laughs> but the name, like, it's, it's weird that that name has come up in multiple places. Mm, what are you going to do? <laughs> so. I guess it's a, it's a short good name. Yeah. Robot fight against giant yeah, monsters. And, uh, and also, it is, it is also here that we note that the that Bojack here exists on both the <laughs> dream world and the regular world. And when he his wings are destroyed in the dream world, he becomes tangible in the real world, which oh, makes yeah. like a kind of weird him. David Lynch dream logic sense. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, because he's just dist- he's like distracted, and he gets. I mean, when you get your wings torn off, I'm sure that wakes you up. 
you know? Yeah, it's that's kind of upsetting, you know, getting yeah. your wings torn off. I mean, it, it could indicate that his wings are in some way, because at, at the very beginning, you just see him sort of deploy them, so they... That that could have been when he was activating dream powers. Dream power phase. Dream activate. Powers activate. Yeah, yes. pretty much. So anyway, this guy gets cut in half. Yeah, you don't get cut. Alas, he was very pretty, and now he's gone. It's okay. The vinyl toy of him will be coming out in the next couple of months. Oh, maybe we don't. I, I don't want, know yet. I want the vinyl toys, but I shouldn't budget them because of other things that we should get to. That maybe we should do that Anyway, I want um, the vinyl toy, but I should totally buy them all because I just got a pretty well-paying job, and I'm just gonna <laughs> fill my new apartment with so many toys. <laughs> After uh, Powered Xenon has chopped the thing in half, there's Sun behind him, and he's a very, very wide robot. Auntie calls him on the phone. Yes! <laughs> Which is great. Like, what the hell? He just... He calls him on the phone and is like, where is my grid man? He's like, he's not here yet. Well, you gotta wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they explain that sort of, well, you know, you're, you're kind of like a real boy now, uh, Auntie, so he's probably not gonna, you know, kill you. Or fight you. He's like, so, no, you know. I'm not. I'm not a real boy. And remember that line, because it's going to come back and bite him in the ass later. Oh. Yeah. But like, I love that. Okay, A, I love that he calls him on on this, on this his cell phone. And B, I, I love that he's just like, you promised me Gridman. Where's my Gridman? <laughs> Give me Gridman. Like, I'm not hearing a single baby Don Don from you guys. Where is my Gridman? <laughs> <laughs> But also, it, it may be worth noting that it's neat how uh, powder, powdered Xenon, like a donut, uh, how his voice is just all of all four of their voices layered, which oh, yeah. is pretty cool. Oh, it, it was? I, I yeah. was mostly noticing, like, caliber with, like, a reverb. Oh, they were, when they yeah. were um, doing their attacks and stuff like that, like, they was all of them together, but at the end, it was just caliber. What, what Oh, okay, okay. So I was remembered right. The, the, the robot was was everybody, but the phone call was just Caliber. Yeah, he was just called. Oh, yeah, that's because the because there's a, I I didn't realize that that was why uh, there's a little piece of the sword that flashes as he talks <laughs> because it's the sword. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess Caliber was the one whose phone number he got. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So he called him, and somehow Caliber was able to answer his phone despite being a sentient, a sentient. I, I sword. mean, when you're a sword, you, you built that stuff in, you know. It's like you know, because I mean, what if there's like you know a, a post dinner that you have to, yeah. It's like Caliber calling in the middle of a battle. Uh, I, I need to, I need to cancel my net, my Netflix subscription. Um, <laughs> my, my, um, my order number is zero eight four uh, two. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Jumbo Saber Slash! Uh, that'll be uh, four, eight, nine, six, and... <laughs> I mean, he's only doing so much. He's being wielded. It's a fairly passive uh, role. So. Well, yeah, but it, it takes a lot of effort to be held by someone. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but I digress. So, but, uh, anyway, yeah, so, so 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 everybody so. wakes up. They're they're free from the dream world, and then you know they're you know it it was a it was a beautiful dream, but also it was fake. So we're glad to be back in the real world, 
if it is the real world question mark. <laughs> I haven't quite figured out what's going on yet. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. And then and then uh, Akane just does a swan dive off this crane. Yeah, and she and lives. Survives. She just she just lands. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she, she just, just kinda, lands. And she kind of like bounces it's off the ground very, and hits a fence. It's a very I'm done with life kind of falling off the crane. But but yes, then she, she it follows her falling and then she just corrects at the bottom and lands on her feet and just sort of falls against the fence being depressed and mopey and feeling unloved. Maybe if she would be less creepy. And that sets up the next episode. Ooh. Yes. Next episode, which is Collapse. Maybe she needs to come on less strong. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you went there and you got us postcards. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> oh. But yeah. And yeah, so that is, uh, that is Dream. This was a weird trip of an episode. Yes. It was um, cool. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm still, I am still not really sure what exactly is going on because this, I have only seen these nine episodes. Wake me up inside. I, I do Don't. wonder if, you know, this is like a inception type dream within a dream, what have you. Yeah, just sort of raise the uh, stakes a little bit. Like if you're going into this completely blind, and you've never seen, like, an episode of the original Great Man. You've never seen Superhuman Samurai, like, at all. And you're like, mm. okay, so all I have to go off of is, like, the weird buildings in the sky and that's it. Like, there's no real frame of reference. Like, but this, I mean, this episode probably just further drives home. It's like, okay, there's definitely a lot more going on. There's definitely crazy mm-hmm. stuff going on. There's more to Akane that we've been really giving her credit for. And this is basically setting up Akane's endgame, more or less, with this episode. And it's yeah. also a nice breather. I mean, because there's not really a whole lot of action in it. It's mostly all character-based. No, the the yeah. action is mostly left to the supporting cast. Oh, yeah. It's glorious. Yeah. I I might even say that this is my favorite episode. It is definitely, mm. like, it's, one of the better episodes of the season. It's, it's like, very pretty and just the character yes. stuff and my feelings hurt a lot. And yeah, it's I, just... I think last time I said that, that last episode was my favorite episode until that point. This is my favorite episode. Maybe it'll probably change mm-hmm. again. But like, like it is so pretty. It, it manages to go more cartoony and off model a lot. Like most of the shots of Boar, he looks so tiny and weird. Yes, <laughs> like it's yes. strange poses. Small I mean, he al- and he always looks tiny and weird, but especially yes. this episode. <laughs> yes. Also, there, like, there, there's some shots of uh, Akane that feel like they're from a different show. They kind of feel like they're from K-On! or something. Like old from mm. like Joe Annie. Like, her hands are just like these tiny little mittens and in one shot, she's standing at a distance and she has no feet. I told you that the no feet is a is a reference to the popular video game series Fire Emblem. <laughs> oh, God. But, but they have feet in the new Fire Emblem. Yeah, and that's why it's not a true Fire Emblem game. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, it, uh, it, it, it at least is a proper waifu sim from everything I've heard. It's like Super <laughs> Robot Wars, but without the robots and more dating. There is a point yeah. when uh, 
Oh. When uh, Akane is up on the crane and Alexis Carib is there, uh, and she notices Auntie out there, and she's like, didn't you deal with him? And he's just like, oh, I guess he got away. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, he's very nonchalant about him surviving having one of his eyes gouged out. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think really what it is, is that, I mean, he clearly has a purpose for him, but Akane was like, get rid of him. So he was like, uh, I'll just sort of half-ass it. And there we go. It's like so. you said get rid of him, but you didn't say which part. Yeah. <laughs> I want me to get rid of the whole guy? Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's a tall a order. Ooh, wow. And, and so anyway, I, I think we have uh, we have a little news uh, to discuss. Yes. Oh, yes, man. Tokusatsu news has has been a lot lately since um well we mentioned on our uh did we mention on Iacon or Stasis Bond? I can't remember. The Ultraman Day stuff where oh my god, we're getting all Ultraman apparently on DVD. It was the best Ultraman Day ever. Uh Q Ultra Q and Ultraman are up in pre order right now in like a steel book. Get them. Ultra Q's on sale. Yeah, it's now down to $30 as of this recording on Amazon. Um, and you're getting, there's also the Steelbook, but there's also the standard editions as well. So if you're looking at one and oh. you're like, oh no, I don't know if I can get the Steelbook, just relax. Just get the normal one. Just do that. Just get it. Just watch more Ultraman. Hashtag. <laughs> that, that isn't the only news recently. Oh yeah. Um, so the day before we recorded this podcast, um, it was a good morning to be a Tokusatsu fan. <laughs> Uh, so, right from the get-go, uh, Sibiraya, following up off of the uh, Ultraman news, is, uh, announced, uh, via their YouTube channel, they will be unleashing a brand new Ultra Fight series, uh, titled Ultra Galaxy Fight New Generation Heroes. Now, the, the, there are a couple of big things about this one. One, it is being directed by Koichi Sakamoto, uh, who worked on, uh, several of the Heisei Kamen Rider movies, as well as Ultra Galaxy Legends, and was the main director for Ultraman Jeed. Uh, which is a good show. Everyone should watch it. Riku is a good boy. Um, the other yeah. thing is that um, for a while now, we've been having some difficulty with region locking. Subarai came right out the gate yeah. and said that this series would be available worldwide in English and Japanese. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, the 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 currently airing Ultraman, they, stu- they stuck that behind region lock because there was weird stuff with the last series, like some people were doing weird shit with the subs or something. Yeah, what, yeah, because what it was is uh, a bunch of fans got together, subtitled the first episode of Ultraman Rube, um, Subaraya panicked, and region locked the rest of the series. And so then we were hoping oh, okay. that wouldn't happen again with Taiga, and then a group went ahead and uploaded subs anyways, and then I went on Twitter and basically said, don't do that, and then they listened and didn't do it. <laughs> they deleted it, so let, let it be said I didn't do anything for this fandom. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so basically that got region locked again. So we're like, okay, so what are we going to do? Well, then they announced the license for Mill Creek, and you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But the main thing is yeah. that, yeah, so this is available worldwide. It's going to be a YouTube exclusive, and it starts September 29th. So go ahead, subscribe on to Subaraya on YouTube. Go check them out. Again, it's not a sponsored message. Just do it. Just go for it. You'll have a good time. <laughs> Hashtag watch more Ultraman. Anyway, uh, so, so there was that. And then shortly after that came out, um, news broke out from the, uh, screening, advanced screenings of, uh, Garo Moonbow Traveler. Now that's the movie follow up to Garo Flower of Makai, uh, which is the most recent TV series that aired. 
how, how many? There've been like five or six TV series now. Oh God, it's it's more than that. I think it's like I well, think not you, counting the anime. Yeah, I think it's we're we're getting up there. It's it's been going on since like two thousand five. Like, a bunch of overs, and I haven't I haven't actually seen any of them. I have the first two series on DVD. I how just dare you? No, uh, but yeah. If anything, <laughs> um, you know, go yeah, go watch them. They're available through what was it? The first couple of series and the first couple of movies are available via Sentai Filmworks. Again, not yep. a sponsored message. Just go watch it. Uh, but um, either way. Uh, so the movie they've been promising, Moonbow Traveler, which was going to be like the, the sort of the conclusion to the most recent TV series, um, they had advanced screenings in Japan and they showed a new trailer. Now you're thinking to yourself, okay, well that's great. Well, what happened is, and this is according to several accounts on Twitter, uh, they showed the movie and it had, a, had the original poster out in, on like the theater walls and stuff like that. And then the movie happened. And then the movie revealed that, um, Two of, like, the original characters from the first TV series were coming back for the first time in years in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, so then the, the movie finishes, the screening finishes, everyone goes outside, they look at the walls, the posters have all been changed over to show that the, the, these characters now on the poster are, like, are going to be in the movie. <laughs> it was one of the biggest advertising masterclass maneuvers ever because they knew fans would not shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's really that, cool. Okay, th- that's impressive, but that that's something you can kind of only do in like Japan, yeah, <laughs> or, or a smaller country where like you can change all the theaters because there aren't that many of them. Well, yeah, because you knew, because you because you know that if this happened in America, it, they would have botched it. That shit would have been spoiled like two months before. It would have yeah. been ruined three ways from Sunday. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just this amazing thing. Uh, Garo Moonbow Traveler. Go to the Garo Project YouTube channel. Check it out. And then last but not least, hours later, because right after those two announcements, because those happened like within like minutes of each other, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, there, it would take one major bit of news to completely destroy me today. And then it happened. Criterion announced the goddamn Godzilla Showa era box set that they have been teasing yes. for months. 15 films. Yeah, they, Glorious the artists. So pretty. Teasing, yes, everything. <laughs> All the Showa stuff, it, it like, cause it, it's been, it's been kind of rumored for a while, cause like, they, they officially got the license for some things, I think, with it leaked out. And like, the hundredth, or no, thousandth Criterion DVD was supposed, or Blu-ray, whatever, thousandth Criterion thing was supposed to be coming out, and people were like, is that gonna be Godzilla? And shit, it is Godzilla, <laughs> it's all the Godzilla? The original series. Surprise! It's yeah. Godzilla. <laughs> the best part of, the, of how that got handled, because um, Criterion usually makes those releases, like, I think it's like the 15th of every month is when they announce, like, the, the, the next uh, month's uh, acquisitions. So they held off on everything but one, which was going to be Spine 1000. And then they're like, so what's it going to be? It's going to be Godzilla. It's going to be Godzilla. So then Comic-Con happens. Oh, no, G-Fest happens. And the guys at G-Fest are like, yeah, uh, you'll find out something at Comic-Con. Wink, wink. And then it's like Comic Con <laughs> happens, and then Toho has an official booth, uh, like on the floor. And it's like, so, so guys, we, we get in that Criterion set, we get in that Criterion set, nothing, not, not you know, not even an electric sausage, just nothing, just like, like you know, maybe a cool things, but that's it. And then it's like, okay, Comic Con's over, we gotta get something, are we gonna get something? And then, freaking Target, Target.com, <laughs> a listing shows up for Godzilla the Showa era. And there's no other information. It's just Godzilla the show era. The listing has now since vanished. But yeah, it appeared out and a, yeah. e- <laughs> an eagle-eyed fan spotted it. 
And everyone's like, oh my god, we're getting the set. We're getting the set. We're getting the set. And then we're just like, <laughs> look, just own up to a Criterion. Own up to a Toho. I don't know why you're taking so long. Just <laughs> announce the damn thing. And then they announced it and everyone died. Um, because yeah, it's... <laughs> Oh, yeah, it looks beautiful. Oh, that's art, it. The like... end. Civilization is over. Oh, Everyone yeah. has died. I was, I was dead. I was. You're talking to a ghost right now. I just, I, I died immediately because <laughs> it's like all 15 movies with brand new covers, um, featuring some really. So there's some art that's really good, and there's some that's like, mm. but you get Bill Sienkiewicz yeah. like working on it, and yeah. I'm like, yes, Art got, Adams, we got, uh, Jeff Lord. Darrow, uh, Sophie Campbell. Sophie Campbell. Yeah, there's just um, so much you have to good de- stuff. Destroy all monsters. Oh, like it's amazing that like, oh shit! I follow a bunch of these people on Twitter who <laughs> did the cover <laughs> art, and they're just like, surprise everybody! So yeah, there's like new documentaries, hey. new commentary tracks. Uh, well, newish, well, newly released to America commentary tracks. Um, whole bunch of supplemental material, a new booklet. Hey. It is just, you look at this thing, you drool at the mouth. Like, I don't think Criterion has pulled off a release like this since the Akira Kurosawa 100 box. Like, just that, the the level of craftsmanship that is going into this. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Criterion ones I do have are really the nicest packaging I have of DVDs. But this one's so much nicer. Yeah, I think Zatsuichi is, like, the only other thing that would come close in terms of, like, how they were going to, like, just the, the, the... the gravitas of it all, uh, but yeah, but that'll be coming out in October, and that'll be you coming can out. Pre-order it now. Yeah, pre-order it now at CriterionCollection.com. Again, not a sponsored message, uh, but uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> go now. And it's like when you look at the date and you realize, oh god, the Ultraman set and the Godzilla set are coming out in the same month. So basically, uh, <laughs> hope save... you didn't like money. Yeah, hope you didn't like money because you're not going to see it for a while. But the the the, the life hack of the whole thing is to hold out till November because that's when Barnes & Noble is going to do their big Criterion sale. So it'll knock off a good couple percent. It probably won't be a whole lot because it just came out, but it'll at least give you a I, fighting well, chance. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I love those Criterion sales, but um, things I want tend to go really fast. I'm not waiting with this Godzilla. I have already pre-ordered the damn thing. I need it because... It's 15 movies. It's it's under $200. That's damn good value for yeah. money. For and to give you an idea, mm-hmm. like, the last time they did this was the rubber box. The, the rubber? Oh, yeah. The, um, there's only four in it. Oh, with, with the rubber okay, suit box? Oh, no. That was, like, that was everything up to Godzilla Final Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, in Japan. Right. Yeah, hold on a second. I'm just looking at the price for that one. I was just thinking about the U.S. releases. Because, like, um, I forget who did it. There was a four DVD. Was that Criterion, maybe? The last one but, was... Uh, the, uh, Criterion already did, um, at least, um, the original Godzilla. I, forget, I don't know. They didn't do the box that But, like, getting the Showa era stuff or even the Heisei stuff, like, you can't get all of them. Until recently, I think the Heisei came out in a really cheap set. But, like... At least two or three of the Showa era movies weren't even on DVD. Oh yeah, and the it, it was such a struggle because the last holdouts because Kraken releasing uh, the uh, the branch of us uh, was that Sentai Filmers because they were holding on to those rights for Godzilla versus the Smog Monster for like the longest time. <laughs> they were the holdout. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. It, it was, it was them and King Kong versus Godzilla because the rights for that were were tossed up, and so the whole time we're just like Kraken. We love you. We sent section twenty three. We we love we love you, but let go of those rights. Let go of those rights and give them the criterion because you're not doing them any justice. 
Because I re- it's like because I remember what happened when you put out Gamera like uh, Guardian of the Universe and you put out a freaking Gamera commentary track. Yeah, you need to atone. No take. You need to throw. atone for that sin. Give us, <laughs> give us, goddamn. Oh my god! And then it was like Godzilla vs Megalon was originally through um, Media Blasters, and they surrender those rights pretty quick, which was good. So um, I mean, because they're not doing well. It's like umpteen people have had Godzilla vs Megalon over the years. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no! I mean, but Godzilla vs Megalon is so good. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Okay. Now, <laughs> officially, we are getting. A Criterion Edition version of a movie that has been on Mystery Science Theater yes. 3000. Yes. <laughs> this is the timeline I, I'm living for. Yes. I mean, so many people. There's, there's been some bad shit. Fuck you, Harmony Gold. But there, there's been a lot of really good stuff for Toku lately. Uh, speaking of like, um, Just Beyond is coming out next month. That's the, that's the other you know, big one is, uh, yeah, coming. Mega Beast Investigator Just Beyond finally coming out. Although if you're at Otakon right now, they are breaking street date and releasing it early. <gasps> yeah. Oh! A, a buddy of Fudge, I, I already... I've already pre-ordered it, but I want somebody get me well, one. I mean, <laughs> Send I mean, it now. I uh, where is that one again? Because where is uh, Otakon? Where... Oh. Uh, see, I could drive to. Well, I wouldn't want to. Oh drive no, it's to in Baltimore, DC now. But <laughs> it, it's in DC now. Unfortunately, the um. Well, it's the Baltimore. Oh, it well, is? I oh, I am actually closer to DC than oh, Baltimore. There you go. Uh, Jen, Jen, tomorrow, <laughs> please. Yeah, go for uh, drive. I'm. I've, I think I've, I may have talked to you on a, on a personal basis about how horrible and terrifying it is to drive into DC, so you might I have know, to buy but... me like an Amtrak <laughs> ticket or something. I, yeah, all, all the Patreon money oh is yours God. now. <laughs> and that's how the podcast gets corrupted. <laughs> because of just me. Yes. Anyway, if you want to That's what we need which for. We, we, we have a Patreon. <laughs> buy me just beyond, please. <laughs> You're anyway, so if you want to have help? a pure soul and actually, like, you know, not not fall to the wayside like our illustrious host has, uh, Just Bean can be ordered still on uh, RightStuff.com for a full whopping 35 bucks yes. for shipping. It's like, Yeah, it's going down. Oh, yeah. I, I got it for 32 It was glorious. I I think I got it for... Well, I didn't get it for the, the full official price, but it's gone down since I ordered it. Buy it. I want. I oh, want yeah. other Metal Heroes. Again, not a sponsored message at all whatsoever. Just go. No, buy not it. sponsored at all. I want more Metal Heroes. It's just I good. want more Tokusatsu. Period. <laughs> but I really want Metal Heroes. Yeah, and Justine is great because it's basically like, what if Gavon, but he fought Kaiju and yes. also had a robot that hockey punched people. <laughs> and his assistant <laughs> is a robot girl. Sorry, that's yeah, robot girl. He also has his own Chewy, <laughs> his, own, his own Chewbacca. Uh, what is it? What's there like a cross between Chewie and an Ewok? It's like Chewie mixed with like a popple. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the best way I can describe it. But uh, yeah, no, just um, go get that. Go support legal tokusatsu. Please don't complain and hold on to the fan subs, there's, you cowards. There's so much to buy now. It's all, oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the sad thing, unfortunately, is that um, Shout Factory. Uh, sent a wave of panic into the uh, the masses by yeah. revealing that uh, they don't have any further Sentai titles uh, in, in the works right now. Yeah, which and so- is really weird because uh-huh. like there was there was like a leaked fuzzy image of um, Five Man that was supposed to come out, supposed to be announced that never actually was announced a while ago. And, and, and yeah, I'd, oh, presumably yeah. this has to do with the Hasbro 
handing over uh, Power Rangers being handed to Hasbro, and Hasbro just hasn't said anything or has said no, stop. I don't know why they said that. Like, please, Hasbro, mm-hmm. I want more old Super Sentai. I mean, well, I mean, maybe they'll just like you know, or maybe they'll do us like a cool streaming thing, or maybe they'll hand it over to someone who actually treats Super Sentai with like an actual bit of class instead of treating it like a bargain bin thing. <clears throat> what? Sorry, you said that. Yeah, I, I like uh, playing bargain bin for Sentai. I don't care. I mean, I would like extra yeah, extras and maybe a little bit better quality. Well, the video isn't that great, but like some of the video quality, older shows isn't that yeah, great. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of alluding to. That's the joke. Ah, but damn it. <laughs> But yeah, so that's happening. So basically, it's it's a good time to be a fan, more yes. or less. Um, and all this crazy stuff is happening. Now we just need somebody to license Common Rider, which would oh, probably geez. break us all because <laughs> we can't afford that too. Well, like, I mean, uh, right now, well, there was the survey that happened at Anime yeah, Expo for Bluefin, Bluefin, and that yeah. was just for the toys, though. Uh, so a lot of people took that as, guys, this is the chance for the show to come out here. Guys, no, it's literally just the, the merchandise. Yeah, but, you can- well, although the merchandise sells, that might be a notice, though. Hey, maybe they want DVDs, too, but... But like, well, yeah. Common, common what, what about what about showbits? We're not going to talk about showbits. <laughs> the license for showbits. Also, fun is fact, I wasn't. A, I want to talk about. Show- yeah. Although, fun fact, I wasn't a showbits radio play when I was younger. <laughs> so okay. So, so yeah, full, full yeah, full uh, circle tangent there. Um, but uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, that's I think that's everything worth mentioning. Uh, again, hashtag Lothmar Ultraman. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank, well, thank you again. Thank you so much uh, for joining us again. And uh, we will, we will definitely have to have uh, some of our previous guests uh, come back to discuss how this whole thing wraps up. Oh boy! Yeah, uh, I had a list of who was going to be guests, and I can't remember where it went. Wake me up Damn inside. So, Chris, we will be we'll be back uh, next week with our uh, with our usual uh, Transformers Prime coverage, and we'll be back in a month with, with uh, episode ten. With some guests of uh, oh, I found I found our list, but I'm not going to say in case it falls through. But we will have a guest. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure this is the one I suggested. So. I think this is the mm-hmm. only one that I knew, just because I actually know this person. Oh, Willem Dafoe? No. <laughs> it's true. I wish we could get Willem Dafoe. Oh, that, that would, that would, yes. that would break us. Well, Rob would spend all the episode talking to him about. It, it's it's actually just me talking to myself in a mirror about, uh, about the show. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's yes. so meta. There you go. I mean, I mean, he's given me some great that's, Ultraman. That's our... And you know, he's given me some great Ultraman recommendations, but he's also telling me to kill Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gonna be our next podcast project is, uh, Willem Dafoe talks about anime he's never actually watched or probably heard of. <laughs> Including, um, uh, Death Note. Yes, <laughs> starting with Death Note. It's just like an hour long apology. But Wait, I'm sorry. This is what I thought. I thought that was a Spider Man movie. <laughs> now, now I'm just thinking about I, like actors. I'd love to get on on a podcast to talk about random Tokusatsu. I'd want to get Nick Cage to talk about Godzilla. Oh, yes. All right. So let's see. I think that's um, unless there are any other final thoughts or. Um, uh, not really. I don't think. I really like this episode, but yeah. I think I've mentioned okay. it already. Likewise, yeah. We'll, we'll plug uh, your your stuff in, in the oh, show so, notes. Okay, Go so the show yeah, notes really listeners. quick. 
Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So the main thing is by the time this episode has come out, um, my expanded recap notes for episodes 7 through 12 for, uh, 4S Gridman are now available on medium.com. So if you go to my Twitter page, uh, twitter.com slash mock underscore dent, you can find a link to it. Uh, or otherwise, you'll find it in the show notes. Otherwise, hit me up on mock underscore dent at Twitter. Also, uh, mock dot dent on Instagram uh, if you want some more shenanigans. And also, find me on vint- yeah, at Vintetention for more articles and other assorted bits of shenanigans. I said shenanigans twice. I just really like that word. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's a good word. All right. So, until next time, I'm Rob. Did you cut out as soon as you said until next time again? I think apparently I did. Yes. Until next time. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm spoilers and we didn't mention one line in this episode. I'm surprised we didn't. And and I'm Mike, aka Mock, aka your worst nightmare. Ooh. I I I forget you can do a lot more voices than we can. <laughs> Let's toku some yeah. satsu. That's right. Oh god. <laughs> let's uh let, let's send some ties. Why is this not? This no, just just I am I'm canceling that right now. I will be the law. <laughs> well, I've, I've, got, I've got bad news, Jen. I think we're both canceled. I think that's a thing that happens to people on the internet now. Uh, oh, that that's right. That's a thing they do on the internet yeah. now. I forgot about that. Save the puns for the other guests. Uh, Graham was good with the puns. Please stop. I know he laughed at my jokes. He say he set a dangerous yeah. precedent. Do you have the same sense of humor? <laughs> he Dear he did the worst Lord. possible thing. He encouraged oh, you. I know. Fanned the flames of <laughs> yes. the chaos. Okay. Mm-hmm.